Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned, never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, loneliness, all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who chose to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Hello, welcome to Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. I am Rebecca, and I really appreciate you tuning in today. Um, We've been doing so good so far. I've had some great stories come along, and I'm excited to share them with you. And um, I had some great feedback from Cassie, who whose story I told last episode and she got in touch with me and she thanked me and said that I told her story wonderfully so that is so exciting I'm glad to hear that and and that it turned out good for her so as I kind of mentioned last episode as well I keep uh, dealing and having to learn how to thicken my skin when it comes to criticism for what what I'm doing and typically I'm not getting a lot of flack from women of course Um, it is feedback from men that really you know they really some of them are really struggling Um, and the reason being is because their spouse cheated on them and so for anybody to try and give any sort of grace for a person that hurt somebody it's been really hard and I've been speaking with this gentleman over um, Instagram actually and you know some of the things that he said to me about the reason for the podcast was he was real suspicious on what I was really up against um, and what I was doing really I guess you could say and he really had a hard time dealing with the no judgment Um, And I was doing everything I could to break it down. Um, One thing that he mentioned was that he didn't find my sincerity in my voice when I recorded my own episodes. So as if I wasn't feeling bad for what I did. And I explained to him, yes, I do feel bad, of course, and it's been years, but I can't be a blubbering fool while I'm doing this because nobody would be able to understand me for one. And I'm here to try and help others as well as myself. And it actually got to the point where I felt so questioned and challenged that I started questioning myself, of course, why am I doing this? Maybe this person is right. Maybe I'm horrible. Maybe I have done so many bad things that I'm crazy for thinking I could try and help myself or help others to the point where I was in tears bawling. And it was mainly because um, the aftermath of the destruction, you know, that I talked about and how it affected my children. Yes, it affected my ex-husband. He's moved on. We don't have to um, really coexist especially now that the children are grown. I mean, we're mature and can talk to each other now, but my children are my children. And 
we always want to be there for our children and be good role models. And, and I know that I had let them down. Um, so within time, this gentleman and I kind of talked through it and, and he started to see that I was genuine, that I was, you know, saying the things that I meant. But how I express things may not be the way somebody else expresses things or how you express things. You know, we all do things differently. And, and you know, it's okay to ask questions if you're concerned that maybe this person isn't showing, you know, what they need to be showing. So anyways, that was just kind of my ordeal lately. And I just wanted to share that with you. And, and of course, my goal, like I always say, is to help you and to help others. Um, you know, I, I've been, um, getting some emails and I, um, actually am working on the story, the next episode to follow this one. So for episode five and, you know, always looking for somebody who's willing to share. And like I always say, I keep it totally anonymous. We change names. We don't give, you know, details of locations because some things are just, too, you know, sensitive. Um, so if you are listening and you would like to share your story, of course, please email me. It's Rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. And when I get back to you, I actually provide a guideline. Um, and then there's questions on there, but they're not necessarily meant to be, um, answered all of them they are more like I said a guideline it's to spark kind of a memory or a thought process just so that you know things that may have been important or you know need to be added to the story to make sense for others you know so I'll send that to you um, then that way the story doesn't jump around and I just want to make it easy for people to follow and understand and Again, I'm excited that this is oh, turning out well, even though some people are not as excited about it. But, you know, what can we do? We can't please them all. So at this point in time, let's get started with the next story. Um, this is about Sydney. She is a young lady who um, had to grow up pretty fast. And in her um, years as an adult... Um, she's done a lot of experience with uh, marriage, infidelity, um, dealing with abuse, uh, all over the map. And I commend her for being as strong of a woman as she is to have overcome all of this, um, to be a good mother, and to feel comfortable sharing this story. So let's get started with Sydney's story. I loved school. I even received a scholarship. And when summer came around, you would find me enjoying my time in summer school. I grew up in a pretty strict religious home. Our family tended to stay at home, inside the house, all the time. I really didn't have time for boys, nor did I really have an interest in them. Prior, I was with my father in Mexico. From what I remember about my father is that I loved him very much. My mother had moved us to the United States. She was married to a narcissistic alcoholic who was an abusive man. To us as children, he was very kind, but
but towards my mother, he was evil. I have memories of my mom and my stepfather. They were in an unhappy marriage. And every time my stepfather would try and leave my mom, she would take me to him to ask him to stay because he loved me like his own daughter. However, I wasn't allowed to even call him father. That brings me to the age of 17. I met a young man who would be in my life for the next 17 years. He was a friend of my brother's and he'd come around. He would do everything in my eyes to prove to me that he loved me. I pushed back. I wasn't interested in boys. I was taught no sex before marriage. Thinking back at this time, I remember an argument that my mom and I had, and I was so fed up with her. She slapped me because she thought I was dating a guy and lying about it. It was really my sister that was. I didn't want her to get into trouble. I ended up leaving my house and went to my sister-in-law's. Unfortunately, that didn't stop that guy from coming around. He kept pushing me and begging me to be his girlfriend. Since the beginning, he was an alcoholic, but I still thought it was love. Through it all, I always believed we would be together forever. I know he loved me very much, but in his own way. In a million years, I never thought I could or would ever look at another person. I still have all the letters that I had written to him back at the start of the relationship. I was begging him for attention. When he'd be out at the bars drinking, his friends would give me a call and tell me where he was. Turns out they all wanted my attention, but I ignored him. I got pregnant at 18 and had turned 19 by the time I gave birth to our son. That is when I finally decided to move in with him. I remember having to beg him for food money. When he wouldn't come home on Fridays, he'd be gone for days. Fridays were the payday, and he'd go and spend it all on alcohol. I would have to make up lies such as a flat tire or a sick baby, so he'd come home after work and not blow all his money at the bar. That way I could get him to pay the bills. I would tell him that I was stranded at the park which meant I had to walk over 20 blocks to get there just so he'd pick me up. You know, run the car out of gas so he'd come help me. It was a constant battle with his drinking and his buddies. At this point, I didn't speak with my family. They were against the relationship and did not like him. I had chose him over them, and I had given him his place as my quote-unquote husband. When we would go to events such as birthday or holiday gatherings, he'd get drunk. I was so embarrassed by his behavior. I always had to take him home every time. Then the abuse started. Back in 2003 at a Christmas party, a family friend who had always kind of had a crush on me gave me a kiss. At first I pushed him away, but then I found myself kissing him back. All I wanted was the attention. That's all we did. There was no sex, just the kissing. By 2004, I had finally had enough and told him he needed to leave. I no longer wanted to be with him. I went out for my birthday and hooked up with a younger man. This was the first time I had ever had sex with someone else other than my husband. 
Though he and I were separated, I still felt bad for what I did. This other man and I saw each other and developed strong feelings for one another. Well, I decided to let my husband come back, but later found out I was pregnant. I knew deep down that it was not my husband's baby, but it was this other man's. I gave this other man a choice, either step up and be a dad or don't say a thing. I didn't want my first son's happiness of having his dad to cause issues. There was no use in neither of my boys not having a dad. This man chose to leave, but I still loved him more than I have ever loved anyone. He went on with his life. I never told my husband that this baby wasn't his. I was faithful for about five years. I didn't feel the need to step out on the marriage, even when we would fight. But there were still endless nights of no sleep as I would be waiting for him to come home from hanging out drinking. I had no friends. I was independent, but I hated the drama. Eventually, I started going over to a friend of the family's home. I met a man there, and he flirted, but I ignored him. But at that point, I had remembered my husband hitting me. I was so mad at myself for having to see my children cry because they saw what their father had done. He knocked me out for 24 hours. I woke up bruised and to a newborn baby crying while he was hung over. I prepared myself mentally. I got up, told him I was going to the store. Instead, I went to one of his friend's house, saw he was alone, and just started kissing him. I did not care. It felt good. Not the orgasm or the sex, but just the feeling that even though I couldn't hurt my husband physically, I had found a way in my mind as a payback. In my mind, he was a walking fool without knowing it. For years, he had hurt me so much, and I had always wanted to be there for him. I was there when he had no support from anyone else. I left the friend's house and never spoke with him again. When I got back home, he told me he was going for milk. Same excuses he's used many times, and then he'd disappear for days. I wanted to tag along, and he said no, he would be right back. Four days later, I went to where he was and told him to come home or stay where he was. He said he'd be home soon. I was so angry that I went straight home, packed up his stuff, and took it to him. Told him to leave me alone. He came back, so I left with the kids. I still loved him, but I couldn't be that person who was being abused any longer. Especially since I had always resented how my mom would stay with my stepdad. My husband ended up leaving and going to California with a new woman. I ended up having a boyfriend for about one and a half years after he'd left. I had a good job and things were good, or at least so I thought. I found out my boyfriend had cheated on me. I went and had sex with him, and it was the best sex we had ever had. After that, I acted like whatever. I went out and messed around with that one guy I had sex with after my husband had knocked me out. I never spoke to him. I would just go to his house, and he would be okay. That same week, I spoke with my husband, who was still in California. 
He begged me to come back to him. So I told my boyfriend it was over. Had he not cheated, I don't think I would have let it go so easily. He was shocked when I told him to leave. My husband came back two weeks later. When I would see him, I was still full of disgust and I felt no emotion. I just wanted my kids to have their father. He had changed, he didn't drink as much. And of course, as much being the key words here. I cut all ties with the ex-boyfriend like it never happened. I felt okay, cheating on him, that is, as a form of payback. I refused to allow myself to sleep with anyone else because my number couldn't go up. I didn't believe in just having sex. I needed to feel emotions, a connection of some sort. My husband won me over, and it was the best for many years. When the holidays came around, things became more challenging. I couldn't drink because he would start drinking, and he would get completely and totally wasted. I would find myself having anxiety attacks at parties or gatherings because I knew how it was going to end. And again, he would start putting his hands on me. We were fortunate to have a nice home with nice cars, nice belongings. But over the years, I would have to sell them off in order to pay bond to get him out of jail or for a lawyer to help when he would get a DUII. At this point, we had six children. I had not cheated on him since I had made that decision years before. I focused on protecting the children from their father's choices. It was hard to do, and I found myself sinking into a depression. Then he would do a 180, say how much he loved me, which would win my heart every time. Thinking back, while I was pregnant, he was always so wonderful. I don't know, maybe that's why I had six kids. For those last 10 years, I really worked on letting things go. I tried to stay calm, not get in his face and argue. I would still beg for him to get sober and stop drinking, but nothing I tried ever worked. He and I owned a landscaping business and I opened up a construction company. I was typically on site every day. One of my employees, who happened to be my best friend's daughter's boyfriend, worked with us. They ended up breaking up and felt he could no longer work there for me. Since he was no longer in that relationship, he didn't think he would be welcome. I convinced him to stay as I needed him to work and get projects done. I'd find he'd send me silly little text messages, things like, good night boss. I didn't think much of it and would basically just tell him to shut the fuck up and go to sleep. My husband seemed to always be around and find the need to throw me an insult. Anything I did, such as the pop I would give him to the sweater I was wearing. I really wasn't embarrassed. I thought this was just normal, you know, swearing at me and calling me fat and ugly. I always said that we loved each other and others had to accept the way he and I conversed. So I ended up getting this message from that guy, the younger kid that stayed at the work site. He was about nine years younger than me. I was 33. The message was saying how he was falling in love. I thought he was referring to a friend of mine, so I told her about it. He asked me to talk with him about it, so at lunchtime, I took him to a local fast food place to talk. 
I had told my friend to come by later that evening so I could fill her in because I thought it was about her. Out of the blue, he tells me he loves me. I was shocked. How could he really know me outside of work? I was always so filthy from construction and I felt fat. I was older than him. I told him he was stupid for feeling this way and took him back to the job site. One day while working, my husband had a leaf blower and he decided he would blow air to lift up my shirt in front of the crew. He wanted to show them just how fat I was. That hurt and I became so pissed off at him. I decided I would call up this younger man and I told him all I wanted was sex with him and to never start using the L word. And if he did, I would fire him and walk away. He said he was okay with that. We had a secret sex affair for months. He never did use the L word, but he gave me all the positive attention that I was needing. If I was thirsty, he'd get me a drink. If he saw I was walking in, he would run and grow open the door for me. He never looked down at me in a bad way. I knew I was falling for him. As time went by, I could tell my husband was starting to get suspicious. I had to finally tell this other man to stay away. He said he wouldn't come near me, but we'd still find ourselves fooling around. I found myself looking for him any time my husband and I would fight. Every time my husband wouldn't come home, every time my husband would put his hands on me, every time he'd be forceful with sex, the other man became my go-to guy. He started telling me he loved me, and I would explain he had to stop that. I didn't want to hurt him. He promised he would stay as long as I wanted, and until I opened up my own eyes. One day, my niece asked my oldest son a question. She asked, What would your dad do if your mom left? His answer was simple. He said he didn't even know why he and I were still together. At that point, I knew then that so much damage had already been done. I was just trying to keep my family together and I had turned into my own mother. I told my husband I was leaving. I knew I could make it on my own and I left him with everything. He had become so dependent on me that if I had kicked him to the curb, he literally would have been on the streets. I ended up staying with the younger man and six months later, he cheated. I acted like it didn't bother me whatsoever. I told him, well, he could leave if he wanted, but he chose to stay. Inside, I was so hurt, I couldn't get past it. I really did love him and he hurt me. Once again, I found myself at another man's house, one whom I knew had wanted me. I had sex with him and I never went back. After that, I thought, okay, we can get past this. I ended up getting pregnant twice with this man. Now we are both committed to each other and are not tempted by anyone else. He treats me as if I deserve the best of everything. He is, however, frustrated because I have not yet filed for divorce. It's been three years. Regrets? Nothing. I truly have no regrets. It's in my past now and I have moved forward. I feel that even though I have had a rough life, it has made me become a better mother. I do feel bad, however, for my estranged husband. 
he suffers from depression and with his drug and alcohol abuse it continues to worsen i know i did not create who he was and who he still is he was already rotten when we got together all those years ago had i not reached out to other men and stayed in this i would very well have become a victim of suicide even the next time he decided to hit me or beat me i could have died my boyfriend now tells me i chose him i say no he was just the courage that i needed to finally leave my marriage for good he helped me to open my eyes and see the damage that this man had done to my children and my marriage he showed me that it was not right. I told him I'm in a good place now with him, but if ever he becomes like my husband was, I have absolutely no problem walking away. So no, I didn't choose him per se. I chose a better life, free from a narcissistic abusive man. Wow, I just want to say thank you to Sydney for being brave to share all of this with us. It's quite a story and she's really gone through quite a lot in these last, you know, 17 years, 18 years of her life. Um, I did check with her, uh, you know, to see how the relationship with her children and their father is. And she says they do spend time with him. She'd prefer, of course, that they don't. But, you know, she wants them to have their father. She's concerned that his drug and alcohol addiction, you know, might influence them. But it sounds like she is a good person to be able to keep them on the straight and narrow. And in fact, her oldest son, who she happens to be glowing about recently because he's just already preparing for a great future, uh, to become a welder. He's doing great. Um, and he's only 17. But um, he knows that these choices were his father's choices. And, you know, he doesn't judge his dad. He loves his father, but he doesn't hold anything against his mother regarding all of this. So with that said, that brings this episode to a close. I want to thank you guys all for tuning in. Uh, next episode, we're going to actually hear from Bethany, and she is in a situation right now where she is married, and she is falling in love with another man, and she just needs to talk about it a little bit. If you have a story you would like to share, please send me an email, rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. Or if you're on the other side of the spectrum with being the person that was cheated on and you would like to share that story, I will be planning on having special episodes based on the other side of the story. Also, please help me grow. We're doing great so far, but if you could rate and review me on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. Subscribe wherever you can and even though it's a controversial topic, it's not exactly something you just want to put on your Facebook page and share with everybody. But please, if you do have friends or family that you feel could benefit from this podcast, please send them my way. I would appreciate it. Other than that, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. And remember, no judgment. Goodbye.